Hey everybody, welcome back to Back to Basic. I am Danielle and this is my podcast. (laughs) Clearly still trying to figure out the whole like intro thing. But this week I decided once again that I wanted to really get back to the basics with you and talk mano y mano. And um, I have had something on my mind and I did a little research about it and found out that I'm not the only one who may be having this on my mind. So I wanted to share that with you. Now, before I tell you what that is, I do want to tell you a little story. So last week in the beginning of my episode where I talked to John Kamal, I spoke a little bit about Mercury in retrograde and shared exactly what that means. Um, Just to give you a refresher, Mercury being in retrograde basically means that it appears to be rotating backwards and it can affect things like communication, relationships, technology, your sanity. Um, It's just a crazy, crazy thing. And Mercury is officially now not in retrograde, but it has been for like a month. So that being said, right after I posted my episode where I kind of got back to the basics of what that means and what Mercury being in retrograde actually is, I had such a Mercury in retrograde moment. So I was supposed to meet a friend for dinner and we made reservations, or I should say I made reservations. The name of this restaurant was Hudson something, okay? I don't want to like say exactly where it is or the name of it, but it is Hudson something. Let's just call it Hudson A. So I made reservations at Hudson A. I got to the restaurant and there was a sign outside that said it was closed for the next few days. And I'm very confused at this point, right? Because I have a reservation. So I call my friend, luckily had caught her before she had left and told her a new place to meet me. So I get in the car, still very confused. And I go to my reservation and confirm that it is in fact a reservation for Hudson A and I call the reservation number and someone picks up. So the hostess says, hello. I say to her, are you guys closed right now? She says no and sounds very confused. And then I, you know, proceed to tell her what had just happened, that I showed up and that there's no one on the patio and that, you know, there's a sign that says, you know, go away. We're closed. Um, And she sounds very confused because she's literally in the restaurant and there are people there and she didn't see a sign. And so we proceed to have like a whole conversation where I'm basically saying like, no, I just saw a sign that says you're closed. And she's like, no, we're not. Finally, she says after a few minutes, oh, I think you're at a different Hudson. It hits me. She's right. See, I had made a reservation at Hudson A, but I meant to make a reservation at Hudson B and I showed up at Hudson B. Hudson B was closed. Hudson A was not. So I made the reservation at the wrong restaurant, had a really confusing like 10 minutes where I actually confused the hostess, which I apologize if you're listening. Yeah. So apparently when I went to make the reservation online, I had typed in Hudson B, Hudson A came up. I made the wrong reservation and, you know, finally showed up to the restaurant where I was actually meeting my friend at and told her what happened. And um, we ended up eating at this other restaurant. But the whole time I am feeling so stupid and feeling like I just had such a miscommunication like within myself and within this poor hostess and within technology and it hit me. I experienced like the ultimate Mercury in retrograde moment ever because it affected everything and it was kind of 
ridiculous and kind of funny. I just had to shake my head, even though I still felt stupid for like three days after, because I mean, I should have double checked that, right? I don't know. I guess I had just assumed that I did it right. Maybe it's just from being in quarantine and not going out as much as I normally would that now I just forget how to do like basic social things, which is totally plausible, actually. So that is just one of the ways that I experienced Mercury being in retrograde. And uh, I thought it was really ironic that right after I posted the episode where I literally go in depth about what Mercury in retrograde affects and what it means, I had a I had an experience with it. Um, so moral of the story is if you want to go to dinner with me, just like double check that I made the right reservation because Mercury may be out of retrograde now and that's all great and dandy, but uh, something tells me that I could potentially make that mistake again. What can I say? I'm human. I'm not perfect. I know I have a perfectionist problem when it comes to things like this podcast, but, and um, speaking of perfectionist, that actually brings me to the topic that I want to talk about today, and that is imposter syndrome. You've probably heard this before. It is always kind of thrown around and it affects people from all parts of life and all types of people, no matter what kind of job you have, no matter what you do or what you create, and I was experiencing it throughout Mercury being in retrograde a lot. And I kept kind of wondering why I was feeling this way and what it meant. And so I did some research and found out some information about it. And I thought, you know what? I enjoy when you and I just chat. I really also want to start incorporating some more of these back to basic conversations between you and I. So with all that being said, double check your online reservation. And I hope that you are ready to get back to basic. Okay, so imposter syndrome is a real thing. And I was kind of feeling it a lot. I I tend to feel this way quite a few times, actually, if I'm being honest. Um, As you know, and as I've said many times, I am such a perfectionist where I feel like I have to do things so perfect and so right before I'm able to do them. And then if I don't do them so perfect, then, you know, I don't belong there. Then it's not good enough. Um, I know I'm not the only one that has that problem. I'm really trying to just get out of it. And as uh, Noah would say, just let it fly. Um, Because not everything is going to be perfect and nothing is perfect, right? That's not real. That's an illusion that we see on television and in the media and on social media. And I, of course, have fallen into that trap and I'm sure many people have. So imposter syndrome is really what I have felt and I didn't really realize that there was a name for it or that I was feeling that and had this imposter syndrome until I had a conversation last week actually about this podcast. As I've said many times, we will figure this thing out together and we will grow and it will change and that's good. That's life. That's what should be happening because the things we create should change with us. So they're real. And I always want to put out the best episodes that I can. And I always want to be learning and doing more. And right now I'm in a phase where, you know, I have been feeling unmotivated lately, but I'm really trying to push against that this month and really trying to figure out what's next and and what else I can do. I'm always looking for that next thing, which I think I've told you many times. 
Anyway, I was talking to Noah about this podcast and kind of my ideas for it and what I wanted to do, things I felt about it or about myself. He said to me that I just need to keep going throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks kind of thing. And he had said to me that he's been enjoying the podcast, which is a great compliment, but also he's my boyfriend. So if he didn't enjoy my podcast and A, didn't tell me that it sucked, I'm, you know, I'd kill him. And B, if he didn't enjoy it, even if it did suck, I'd still kill him. We know that I love true crime. So is that a surprise to anyone? Um, And I had said something along the lines of, I know that I'm proud of it and I want it to keep growing and I want to keep doing better, but I sometimes feel like it's not there yet. And that's when it hit me that I was suffering from imposter syndrome. And then I looked into it, did some research on it and decided I wanted to share what I found with you. I wanted to get back to the basics of what imposter syndrome means so that you know if you're feeling these things that there's a name for it, that you are not alone because a lot of us feel this way. And there are kind of ways to combat it and work through it as well. That being said, if you have ever felt like you don't belong, that is imposter syndrome. And psychologists often call it imposter phenomenon. An estimated 70% of people actually experience these imposter feelings at some point in their life. It affects everyone, people from all walks of life. Imposter syndrome is like the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck, not because of your talent or your qualifications. It was first identified in 1978 by psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. They wrote a whole paper about imposter syndrome, and they had theorized that women were uniquely affected by imposter syndrome. So since 1978, there has been a lot of research to show that not only women experience it, but everyone experiences it. And then Pauline Rose Clance published a paper after the initial one acknowledging that it's not just limited to women. So this has been studied now for, you know, 40 years and it is real. And today, imposter syndrome really applies to anyone who isn't able to internalize and own their successes and own their strength. So that is basically what imposter syndrome means. So if you've ever felt like you don't belong somewhere, like you're not good enough, first of all, I'm there. I think all of us have been there at some point in our lives, but maybe you're experiencing imposter syndrome a little bit. Now, there is an imposter syndrome expert named Valerie Young, and she wrote the book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. There are patterns in people who experience imposter phenomenon. First on the list, which I had just explained in myself, but perfectionists. So perfectionists set extremely high expectations for themselves. And even if they meet, you know, like so many of those goals, they will often feel like failures. A small mistake may make them feel like everything is broken. I have definitely been there before. I really don't know how I developed this perfectionist thing because I'm also an eternal procrastinator. But I don't know if the two have to do with each other. I do remember in college that my journalism professor freshman year said that most journalists and people in media are procrastinators because we have to do things last minute and we thrive on that urgency. So maybe that's what that is about, but I don't really know what the perfectionist piece comes into that. I I guess I'm kind of an oxymoron in that sense that I'm such a perfectionist with myself and my work. And I'm also a procrastinator. So there's that. Um, 
A few other patterns are people who are experts, who feel the need to know everything before they start a project. You know, they won't apply to a job if they don't fit all of the qualifications, which fun fact, I was in a networking group on Facebook and people were talking about applying to jobs and said that you should be applying to jobs where you meet at least 40% of the qualifications and that most men apply to jobs where they only meet 40% of the qualifications and women don't apply to jobs where they don't meet all of the qualifications. Most women apply to jobs where they meet about 80% of the qualifications. When I read that, I immediately was like, oh, wow. So basically, we should all be applying to jobs where we kind of fit because you know what? There are certain things you can learn as well. Total side note, but um, you know, on this list, it's about not applying for jobs if you don't meet all the qualifications. So it just made me think of it. So if you're out there and you're looking for a job due to COVID, due to just needing a change of pace or whatever it may be, apply to the jobs where you meet at least some of the qualifications because you know what, you never know. And fun fact, I have my marketing job right now because of meeting like a couple of the qualifications and I've learned along the way because a lot of the times you can learn the certain skills or the programs or the software, but you and your experience and what you bring to the table can mean so much more. That's my little job pep talk there. Anyway, back to imposter syndrome. Um, a few other patterns are supermen or superwomen or super people who push themselves to work harder than those around them to prove that they're not imposters. There's also the natural genius, she calls it. The natural genius has to struggle or work hard to accomplish something, or he or she thinks that this means they aren't good enough. So they're used to skills coming easily, but when they have to put in effort, their brain tells them, see, this is proof that you're an imposter. There's also a soloist, someone who needs to do things on their own, um, and you know they think that if they need help, then that means they are an imposter as well. A lot of these patterns are in her book. Now, of course, I'm not saying that if you have any of these things, that means that you sometimes suffer from imposter syndrome. I, I also want to make it clear that imposter syndrome is obviously something that we have in our head. It's, it's like a self-esteem thing. It's a confidence thing. And I just think it's interesting that psychologists have put a real name behind it. And as someone who suffers from it sometimes, I want to share that with you. Psychologists don't really have a real reason why we suffer from imposter syndrome. Some believe it has to do with our personalities. Others think it has to do with our past or our family. Um, and, you know, it, it really depends on the person, I think. And I think that that has a lot to do with a lot of issues, you know, self-esteem issues, confidence issues, things like that. Um, there's also factors outside of a person. You know, sometimes being told something a million times could make you feel like an imposter. And I've definitely, definitely been there. Or, you know, maybe being rejected from a million jobs makes you feel like you're not good enough that you don't deserve these jobs, that you don't deserve the high paying job or the cool title or the awesome company, whatever it may be. It happens to all of us. And I don't know one person that hasn't been through that, you know, which I think is kind of interesting that we all have been unified in feeling this. Some of us feel it more often than others or more strongly than others, but I think that all of us have felt it at some point. Even the most confident of us, right, has had moments of insecurity. They overcome it with their confidence. And 
we are all trying to work on that as well. Um, you know, as those psychologists said, 70% of people will experience it at some point in their life. So there are ways to deal with it. So it kind of brings me to this story where I was with Noah. A lot of my stories in this episode are of me and Noah, but he is my boyfriend, so I guess that makes sense. So I was with Noah at an event, and I was feeling like an imposter. Um, I didn't have a name for it at the time, but I now know I was feeling like an imposter and like, you know, very insecure, like I didn't belong at this event. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, which I tend to do. Um, And after the event, you know, we were talking and kind of going over what the event was. And he had kind of turned to me and said that he wants me to remember that I belong in the room, that there is a reason that I am in the room. Now, of course, the room at this point is like metaphorical. It's a metaphorical room. It's the Hamilton of the being in the room where it happens. But he's, you know, basically saying to me that you belong there, that you've worked for this, that you're good, that you can do this. And and it, unfortunately, it does sometimes take other people telling me and reminding me that I belong there for me to actually feel like I belong there. But he said it to me and he kind of keeps on drilling that message into my head many times since this event. And that's an experience specifically where I, you know, was experiencing imposter syndrome and where I was essentially feeling like I didn't belong there, like I wasn't good enough to be there, like there were people better than me. But you know what? There are always going to be people that are better than you, that are smarter than you, that are more talented than you. The goal, though, is to not let that stop you from entering the room. And I think that's something that all of us can remember. And like I said, not everyone is going to feel imposter syndrome. Of course, everyone feels insecure at moments. Um, But those of us who do experience this imposter syndrome from time to time, we need to learn how to handle it. And there are ways that you can handle it. I think that's the thing, right? It's, It's not necessarily to stop it from happening, but to learn how to deal with it and to remind yourself that you aren't an imposter. And I don't know, maybe I felt more of an imposter syndrome in the past little bit, and especially because, you know, throughout this 2020, things have just been insane, and I just don't know what anything is and what is up and what is down, and I don't think I'm alone there. But, you know, it's obviously, I think, hit us all in a lot of ways, and maybe this is one of them. I don't know. Um, There is also a test written by the original researcher of imposter syndrome, Pauline Rose Clance, where you can find out if you suffer from it. So it's called the Clance IP scale. And there are a bunch of questions on it. And you answer from one, not at all true, to five, very true. Some of the questions are things like, if I'm going to receive a promotion or gain recognition of some kind, I hesitate to tell others until it is an accomplished fact. Or... If I receive a great deal of praise and recognition for something I've accomplished, I tend to discount the importance of what I've done. Questions like that, which looking at it, I'm like, oh, definitely me because I am awful at taking compliments. (laughs) I really, really am. I love giving compliments. Um, I love making people feel good. I'm really not great at it. I I don't know why. Um, It's a whole thing. I think we all know that it's a whole thing. Anyway, so this, this imposter test is 20 questions, and it was developed to help individuals determine whether or not they have IP characteristics, and if so, to what extent. 
So you're supposed to add the numbers together and you know the score tells you how much that interferes in your life. Now there are ways to face these feelings and to kind of deal with them and combat them. And I've definitely been working on them, even though Mercury in retrograde totally has just made me all over the place and unmotivated and feeling crazy. Um, Hashtag 2020, if we're being honest. Here are some ways that you can kind of deal with it as well. So you can talk to your mentors and the people you admire and realize that everyone feels stress or nerves or whatever it may be. So you're not alone. You can also remind yourself that you are an expert, that you are experienced, that you are good. You know, remember the things that you do well because that's important. Another thing that's really important and we talked about it in the beginning is realize that no one is perfect. It doesn't matter if something is perfect. Nobody is perfect. Nothing is really perfect. And you need to be able to celebrate the things that are good and the successes and be proud of those. And I think I'm really working on that myself. And in a lot of these episodes, you've heard me talk to a lot of amazing creators who also say that they are working through those feelings or they've had those feelings or you just need to remind yourself you got this. And with that, change your thinking, reframe it in your own head and remind yourself, like Noah said, you belong in the room and we belong in the room. And it is okay to want to be in the room, to know you deserve to be in the room and to also want to eat the appetizers that are in the room because most of the time the rooms have really good appetizers. Anyway, a bunch of ways to cope with this, you know, know you're not alone, track your success, embrace your success, and say yes to opportunities as well is on the list. Do it. And honestly, I have to say, I say yes to many opportunities. And I think I've always kind of done that. Someone asks me to help with something. Someone asks me to do something. I am there. I'm going to do it. Especially my career, I will mostly say yes to everything. Because first of all, I love it. And second of all, like, you know, embrace it. Embrace being asked to do these things. You are asked to do these things for a reason. So moral of this episode is imposter syndrome is real and most people experience it at some point in their lives. And I just, you know, shared with you that I've experienced it recently and put this name to it. Um, It's been around for a while and there are so many factors that lead to it. And it doesn't mean that you're less than In fact, it means that you're telling yourself you're less than, but you're not. So just know that you are not alone. And in fact, you are so not alone that there are actually so many examples of imposter syndrome in movies, in the media, and in pop culture. And in the spirit of getting back to basic, I wanted to highlight some of those examples that we see. The biggest one that comes to mind, and the most basic of them all, Mean Girls. So obviously we know in Mean Girls, Katie, aka Lindsay Lohan, is the new girl and she meets her friends and they basically tell her to go pretend to be a part of the plastics. Now, she pretends so well that she actually believes that she is a plastic or she convinces herself that she is, but she's a fraud and she knows she's a fraud. And at the end, she comes to the realization that she has been an imposter in this world and that it's not really who she is. 
you know, the whole example and the whole moral behind Mean Girls is, of course, being true to yourself and I think getting back to the basics of who you really are and not pretending to be someone you're not. And in a way, imposter syndrome, you know, where we feel like we're not good enough, but we are. We are us and we are good enough. That is kind of tied into that movie as well. Another really big example of the imposter syndrome is the movie Yesterday. So the movie Yesterday was obviously about the Beatles. It was really, really cute if you haven't seen it. The whole premise is essentially that this singer from Britain is not that successful. He bumps his head, gets in an accident, wakes up the next day, and no one knows who the Beatles are. And he remembers the songs, he writes the songs from his memories, and he becomes really, really popular. And people think that he created the Beatles songs and the Beatle legends. No one remembers them. Now, what's interesting is when I looked into this a little bit more, everyone feels this, right? We went through this. 70% of people are going to feel it at one point in their life. And apparently, even the Beatles have felt it at certain points. Paul McCartney has admitted in 2015 that he never really felt like, oh, I did good. He said, nobody does. And truthfully, if the Beatles can feel that insecurity and that kind of imposter syndrome at times, it can happen to anybody. So obviously in this movie yesterday, he really is like this imposter. People think that he is the one who wrote these amazing songs and amazing melodies that we all know and love, but really it wasn't him. And he goes around and tries to live up to the Beatles, but, you know, he knows that it's not really him. So he definitely has that whole imposter syndrome, except for him. Obviously, there was a little magic involved where the Beatles didn't, like, actually exist. Also, a little bit of the fake it till you make it in there, right? Like a little bit of that whole, it's not really me, but I'm just going to go for it. And another really good example of this is Loki from the Marvel movies, specifically from Thor. So if you're not a little bit of a Marvel geek like I am, let me quickly explain. Loki is Thor's brother. And at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok, Loki spends the start of it kind of facing imposter syndrome. Now, he is actually an imposter, right? However, he is living in constant fear that he'll be exposed as a fraud. Eventually, he is. But he is feeling like an imposter because he is an imposter. And yeah, again, there's a little magic within that as well. But of course, he is experiencing this, you know, phenomenon, this imposter phenomenon as well. The other interesting thing is, yeah, we've seen it in a bunch of movies and I gave you a few examples, but we've also seen it in celebrities and icons that we know and love. There are so many famous women who have come out and talked about why they feel insecurities, why they feel like sometimes it's not them. You know, Tina Fey said, ah, the imposter syndrome, the beauty of the imposter syndrome is you vacillate between extreme egomania and a complete feeling of I'm a fraud. Oh, God, they're on to me. I'm a fraud. She also said, seriously, I've come to realize that almost everyone is a fraud. So I try not to feel bad about it. Honestly, I know I gave you a whole bunch of ways to cope and ways to deal with it. But if I'm being honest, you should just use Tina Fey's example there. Don't feel bad about it. Everyone feels this way at some point. Maybe all of us are frauds. Who knows? Mindy Kaling said it best on Twitter. She said, why the fuck not me should be your motto. And you know what? I love that. It all ties back to that beginning, that conversation with Noah. You belong in the room. Why the fuck not? 
You know what I mean? So there's a lot of examples of this in pop culture, you know, whether it be fiction, nonfiction. Um, I mean, hell, we can bring it back to, you know, history, to when Deborah Sampson became a hero for the American Revolution because she disguised herself as a man to join the forces of the Patriots. She also was the only woman to earn a military pension for participation in the Revolutionary Army. And I'm sure throughout that time, she was feeling like nervous that people would recognize and figure out that she was a fraud. But you know what? She went in there. She did it. She killed it. And she got honors for it as well. Even in She's the Man, one of the best movies, okay? Don't at me. It's so good. But Amanda Bynes pretends to be her twin brother, which I've always kind of wondered if I could get away with. But my brother has a really big beard, and I feel like a fake beard might irritate my skin, and it would just be a lot of work. But she pretends to be her brother throughout the movie and is in constant fear that she will be figured out. And... At the end, she just embraces who she is. And that's what it is all about. Plus Channing Tatum. That was my first exposure to Channing Tatum. And you never really forget your first exposure to Channing Tatum. You know what I mean? It's just like the whole point is for me to show you that we all feel it at some point. We all have insecurities. Imposter syndrome is there. I mean, it's, you know, it's in pop culture. It's in the celebrities we look up to. It's in our friends and family. It's in that game Among Us. I don't know if you've played this game, okay? Uh, my nieces turned me on to it. I'm still trying to figure it out. I have definitely gotten kicked out. Basically, it's a bunch of people and you can be an imposter and then you have to kill people and they have to vote if you're the imposter. I'm still like not 100% sure on the rules. You know, hashtag Gen Z, am I right? I'm trying to figure it out. It's fun. It's silly. Um... I've definitely been the imposter in that game a few times as well and tried to pretend like I'm not. So I guess I feel like an imposter sometimes in real life and sometimes in a game. I guess it happens. Anyway, all I want you to know is imposter syndrome is real. I hope that you learned a little bit of something. Maybe go look into some movies and see if you recognize that feeling. See if you recognize a character that has that feeling. And next time you feel like an imposter, look at yourself in the mirror and do that cool running thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where Junior is looking in the mirror and Yule Brenner wants him to understand his power and understand he belongs. So he tells him to look at that mirror and tell him what he sees. And Junior says, I see Junior. And then Yule Brenner says, you see Junior? Well, let me tell you what I see. I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap off of nobody. So next time you feel like an imposter, you can remember what Noah said about belonging in the room, or you can remember what Junior and Yule Brenner from Cool Runnings, which I loved growing up, by the way, what they said. You see pride and power. You are a badass mother. So that's pretty much it. And I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I hope that you are doing okay right now with this crazy state of the world and that you know you are not alone and maybe you do something fun and creative to take your mind off of it or maybe you go watch cool runnings because now i really want to go watch cool runnings please rate review subscribe do all the fun things follow me on instagram at danielle maria costa follow the podcast at back to basic podcast 
I'm also going to start working on more fun social content coming up. So keep an eye on that and let me know what you want to see from me there. And let me know who you want me to get back to basic with and what you want me to get back to basic about, what you want me to dive into next time. And I will see you next week because, well, Katie Heron didn't say it in Mean Girls, but um, Karen did, although Karen has a weird connotation in 2020. However, I will see you on Wednesdays because on Wednesdays, we podcast.